0: everyone, welcome to the Fortress of Solitude podcast. I'm your host, Sergio Pereira, and today I am joined by Greg Katzman from Valiant. He actually f- flew across the world to come and sit with me to do this podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm lying. I-, I am lying here, but it would be really cool if that was happening. But I mean, I don't know, flying is a little bit a touchy subject right now, Greg, isn't it?
1: Well, uh, you're not lying. I actually have the same friend that Kano has. Uh, so I just got a, a flight over. <laughs> what are <if> <laughs> eagle illegal parachute? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. How's it going? All uh, well, good in you, Greg. Doing well.
1: Doing well. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I, I always appreciate it.
0: No, thanks again for joining me. And I mean, I know that this topic, I had to get you on because... <laughs> I know, you know, obviously privately we've been speaking about Mortal Kombat, we, we're two huge geeks for the franchise and we love the games and we were like pumped for the movie. And unfortunately, as it turned out, America got the movie a little bit later than South Africa did, like two weeks later. So I been like holding my tongue to like speak to you about it and say, oh man, you know, like this and that and you know, this scene and that scene and obviously, you know, trying to respect the fact that you haven't seen it and I don't want to spoil it for you, but
1: you finally checked it out. Yes. Yeah, we we've we've had casual conversations, but but we haven't really uh, delved into any details yet.
0: That's true. So, what did you think of it? Like, that's that's first and foremost. I mean, just tell everybody out there what you thought of the movie.
1: Look, I had a lot of fun with it, man. I think it's easy to pick apart the movie and go over changes that I don't think benefited the movie or things that could have been improved but like overall i had fun watching it man um i'm a little biased i love the franchise anytime i could see these characters inside the video game i i i tend to uh be a little more forgiving of any you know any potential issues but overall i had a fun time it delivered on the action i I thought it was uh, pretty consistently entertaining it set up the universe it introduced a bunch of characters delivered on the fatalities that's for sure they did and i i really ended up wanting to see more of the scorpion sub-zero conflict i think that opening scene um was definitely one of the highlights. Uh-huh. And I would love to see more of that in the future because uh, as Shang Tsung says, uh, uh, Dead is just, what, another doorway? Yeah, so pretty I, much. I suspect we'll see more if we get more of this franchise and considering the numbers that were just released, I think it was like 3.8 million people. Yeah. It, it, or 3.8 million households.
0: It topped us uh, uh, so the Snyder Cats and Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, so I would say
1: uh, a sequel is very likely and uh, that's going to be very interesting because now we'll have presumably johnny cage will fill that humor role that kano served and we may see uh you know the tournament that so many people expected yeah and i think the movie is subverting expectations for a lot of people uh definitely plays a role in the reactions i think a lot of people went in expecting this to be just like the 95 movie you know raid and gathers a the team they fight in the tournament they beat shang Tsung. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that they pivoted from that because if you look at the video games, they've often done that explored too. beyond the, the tournament. I, I actually missed out on Mortal Kombat 11 just because it's been such a busy time in my life. Uh, but I love the franchise. I love the way they rebooted it with uh, Mortal Kombat, then Mortal Kombat X. And I, I think you know it's such a rich universe where you can have a lot of fun outside of the traditional tournament setup.
0: Yeah, I mean exactly, and I, and I think you know we, we touched upon this, uh, Lois and I, especially on our, on the previous podcast, where we kind of said it, it, it is big dumb fun at the end of the day. And I mean, Mortal Kombat is not you know Citizen Kane. You know, we need to be realistic about combat. Yeah, Citizen Combat. There we go. I mean, look, it's got the K and Kane, maybe that, but it's it's fantastic you know in the sense that it just it pulls you in, it entertains you. Yeah, it's not going to win any Oscars. I mean, despite my disappointment on Twitter that I was, you know, preaching about, I refuse to watch the Oscars until Mortal Kombat gets one. But (laughs) it's it's just a lot of fun, and I think that's ultimately what you want out of a movie. And it's like a typical action movie is like from the '80s and the early '90s. That's all that you wanted, you know. You went in there with a Van Damme movie like Hard Target. I mean, he punches a snake. I mean, you, you know exactly what you're getting. It's these little iconic moments that it entertains you, and it's a big blockbuster. Whether you're at home or you were lucky enough to go to the cinema. It was just fun, and and I think that is the, the that's what you wanted most out of Mortal Kombat. You don't want to go into it and think, oh man, this is like this is such a drag. There's just no fun here. There's no over the top violence and you know fight scenes. It just you know it's boring. And I think that it delivered like in terms of what it promised it was going to do. In terms of like it's just mm-hmm. going to be fun. And yeah, we can't complain about it. But today, that's why we are here actually, because we're going to be discussing like a whole lot of other stuff that you can watch if you. Like Mortal Kombat, you enjoyed it and you want to get a little bit more of it because, I mean, let's be honest, the sequel is going to take at least two years.
1: Definitely. And I do want to say I also really loved uh, Joe. Sub-Zero was more like a slasher horror kind of villain. That was great. And I really hope we see more of uh, that actor reprising that role. Uh, Maybe he'll be uh, a different uh, character when he's resurrected, like Noob Saibot or... Smoke well, or something. I guess we'll see where they want to go with that.
0: Well, he did say he signed up for four movies, so it's it's quite a bit. I mean, they signed up for for quite a, quite a while here, and I think a lot of the cast did as well. And as we said in you know, Mortal Kombat, it's kind of like Days of Our Lives. No one really dies. I mean, they always come <laughs> back. You know, it's like Stefano Demeria, like the Phoenix will always rise, and that's pretty much Mortal Kombat. You know, it's no one is ever really dead, and it's good because it, it makes it more fun. It makes it more, you know, over the top and crazy. And that's what we want. But obviously now we're discussing shows and you know films and stuff that you should basically be getting into if you dig Mortal Kombat. And now the first one that I want to discuss is a show that I know you like, Greg, because you were one of the first people to tell me to actually get into it, and that's Warrior.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how long ago that was, but uh, I'm actually not current on it just because I've... Uh, been pretty busy the past year between uh, having our first son and moving during a pandemic. It's been pretty hectic, but <laughs> we forgive you. Uh, no, I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed out on the show when it was originally on, I believe, was it Stars or Showtime? But I caught up when it was on, uh, or I started watching it when it was on HBO Max. Uh, And yeah, that's just it's a really good uh, drama with just some exceptional fight choreography. And if you do like Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat, the actor uh, plays a, a really good role in that movie as well. Um, and uh, God, I really want to see that actor in more comic book movies, man.
0: No, he's fantastic. but And I think, you know, apart from Joe Taslim, I mean, we've got Andrew as well, like the, the main lead in, mm-hmm. in Warrior. And I think he's fantastic. And I was actually kind of disappointed that they didn't include him in Mortal Kombat a little bit. But look, there's a sequel. So there's an opportunity. <laughs> what I really love about Warrior is, you know, it's based on obviously the, the writings of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the whole experience of like, you know, that, that stage of America, you know, like with, with a lot of the Asian community coming over to America and, and some of the struggles that they suffer through, for example, through racism and, you know, certain things. And I just think it touches on to a lot of themes. But at the same time, it's still like it's a super entertaining show as well. It's not just, a, you know, one of those dramas that just bog down. Like, by the By the time that you finish watching it, you like, you're just depressed. You're like, oh, you know, I, I can't binge this. It's actually the opposite. You know, you just can't stop watching it like the episodes. I found myself, you know, like steamrolling through everything that was available because I was just like, I was intrigued by it. I thought, you know, the acting was exceptional. I thought the martial arts choreography was fantastic, but it was just a really, really good show. And the chemistry between the actors,
1: it's just fantastic. Yeah, man, across the board, it's an exceptional show. And shows like that just pull you in. You just get uh, totally absorbed. And like you said, you know, once you watch one episode, you're going to want to immediately watch the next one. And if you do have HBO Max, you can just breeze right through the episodes assuming you have the time of course
0: yeah fantastic and on to the next one now also featuring our friend Joe Taslam The Night
1: Comes For Us this movie man this movie <laughs> it blows my mind that this movie does not receive the same level of praise and attention uh, that the Raid does, and I say that as that's not a jab at the Raid. I yeah, the Raid is fantastic. Yeah, love the Raid. Uh, it is one of my favorite movies. But this one has the fight choreography that you love from the Raid and the brutality, but then it turns up the gore. So if one of the things that appeals to you about Mortal Combat is the more graphic elements and the fatalities. The Night Comes for Us has some truly jaw-dropping moments in just how savage the fight scenes can get and how gruesome they can get. And it, it, on top of that, it is just the fight choreography is is incredible. The pacing of the story works really well. And it, it's got a pretty cool cast of characters as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is another movie, uh, just like The Raid and The Raid 2, that I find myself wanting to rewatch at least once a year. And it also stars, uh, well, co-stars Ico from uh, The Raid as well. Yeah, and, and the worst, worst assassins, yeah. Here. Yeah, and I mean, I, I
0: think that it's, it's so, it's such an underrated gem because I remember, like, there was a friend of mine that recommended it to me. And I remember watching this and the storyline, like immediately, like, you know, from the beginning where, where he's at Beach and a little girl, obviously, you know, reaching out to her parents and her parents are gunned down and you think, okay, this is it for her, you know, obviously. And it just it just becomes like a different story about like Joe Tasm's character who's decided to, you know, turn turn his back on, on the life that he had, you know, for a little girl that, you know, he's got really pretty much like you know he he didn't have to do that and I I thought that the way that he did and all that he suffered was through that movie you know for somebody it was actually quite a I don't want to say heartwarming because, you know, people are going to start thinking this is frozen because it's not. <laughs> but it's like, it's just, it is like a very powerful storyline. I just thought that the hook of it, like it was it was super strong, like, you know, to, to, to draw you in. Like just someone who basically wants to turn their back on on the previous life. They had a very violent life. And now that he's trying to turn uh, turn away from it, you know, he still needs to encounter the violence to get through to basically the other side which is to uh, obviously to keep this girl safe and i just thought the night comes for us was just really well put together like that and i've heard rumors that there might be a sequel but the problem is that they're just waiting for netflix to uh, green light it and to be honest with you i think they need to
1: I agree. I mean, um, we've had The
0: Kissing I, Booth how many times? Like three Kissing Booth movies. We can have The Night Comes for Us too. Come on, Netflix. Make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if I, I know we were plugging Warrior on HBO Max, but if you have Netflix, uh, The Night Comes for Us is is a must-watch if you even remotely enjoyed Mortal Kombat. You absolutely have to watch this. Um, as you were saying, it's got a good emotional storyline to it, but just the action scenes are truly phenomenal. And uh, you were talking about a potential future. My understanding is they wanted to do more with the character of uh, the operator. I don't want to say too much about her, but she's a standout character. In this yeah, badass. She has some really good fight scenes in this. No, uh, look, I'm i'm looking forward to that if it ever does
0: happen. I know it's been a few years. If I'm not mistaken, I think this was a 2018 movie. Um, and. I really have been waiting. Like I've been checking up. I mean, I think we tweeted the director as well, like asking for something the other day, as well. Like you know, don't forget about us. You know, like did that comes. Yeah, us I
1: want a, I want a Blu-ray or a 4K. I, I want a I want a physical copy of this movie. That's my collection. I love it that much.
0: Well, the bad news is that like I mean, industry right now news is apparently like Warner Brothers is actually going to be canning Blu-rays, DVDs, and all the physical media in probably
1: the next two years. Well, I I guess we'll see how that plays out. But I mean, if you look at most uh, big uh, uh, retail places like, you know, Best Buy or Target, you can see how those sections have changed so much over the years. Um, You know, even when it comes to music. Yeah. They significantly trimmed uh, the CD section because most people are bought digitally. And um, I I do hope that... uh, I would understand if some places cut back a little bit, but I do hope that there's still a future for releasing these films on 4K and Blu-ray because I uh, I love always having the option to choose to watch them no, whenever so. I want to in my house, regardless of
0: uh, if it's on streaming yeah.
1: service is available or uh, whether I still have a digital purchase. Uh, but one thing that um, I, I do want to say about The Night Comes for Us is that without spoiling anything the the big fight scene at the end i kind of love how they really there there is a score in the background but it's incredibly low
0: yes and it's really
1: just focused on just the intensity of this fight sequence between two characters
0: and
1: it is it is quite gripping that that's that's all i will say about that. ah yeah look if
0: if you guys haven't seen the night comes for us you need to watch it. I was actually speaking to, uh, like, a work colleague the other day. A friend from work, as Thor says. And um, we were talking about some action movies. And I mentioned The Night Comes For Us. And he'd never heard of it. And literally last night, like, he DM me on Instagram. And he's like, dude, like, The Night Comes For Us, 10 out of 10. <laughs> so I was like, yep. I have done my duty. I have succeeded in 2021. I have converted yet another person to The Night Comes For Us. And we'll continue doing this on a weekly basis, I think. You know, I should... I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly thinking that the fortress of solitude podcast should just become an night comes for us like fan cast. That's what I'm thinking. Just like every week we just discuss it like over and over again. That, that would be fantastic, but I, I don't think the editor will allow me to do it, but it's, it's a dream. So if somebody's interested, hit me up on the side, but um, yeah, next one that we're going to be discussing. And I mean, this might rattle a few cages because it's a competing, you know, fighting competitor. Let's put it that way. Um, Obviously, people who play Mortal Kombat, you'll be familiar with Street Fighter. And we're not going to be sitting here discussing which franchise is better because we all know it's Mortal Kombat. But anyways, Street Fighter, (laughs) Assassin's Fist. It was a web series that was released, I think it was about 2014, around about 2014. I could be wrong, 2014, 2015. It was released exclusively on the net. And Greg, this was the Street Fighter movie that I think... Everybody had been waiting for Like Wild Street Fighter series The way they put it together Did you manage to catch this one? I did not, but I'm happy to hear why I should check it out. Well, it's pretty much a story between uh, of Ken and, uh, and Ryu. Obviously, they mm-hmm. them coming up together, and it, it just focuses on them the whole time. It doesn't actually try and include you know too many other characters. Obviously, without getting to too many spoilers, the ones that are like you know related to him you know the obvious ones that you we can think of, they do make appearance do make appearances. Mm-hmm. But it was just really well put together. The fight choreography, the storyline It was just really well done. You, you don't really expect that sometimes for like, you know, web series. You know, obviously, you know, the budget is a little bit lower than it would be for a TV show. But it was just really done so well. And the thing that kind of disappointed me a little bit was the series was like, as soon as it was successful, there was another one greenlit, which was called Street Fighter Resurrection. And it was pretty much done by the same people with Joey Ansah and it was also Christian Howard. They were still behind it as well. And what they did was, it was four episodes The, the uh, Resurrection versus the, the original run for Assassin's Fist, which was, if I'm mistaken, mistake, and let me just pull up the, the actual numbers so I'm not lying to you guys here. It was like, well, it was 12 episodes, 13 with uh, basically the pilots, if you want to call it that, or just like a prologue. So it was much shorter resurrection, but there were some weird distribution rights at play there that it only showed in America on some certain app that like nobody had access to. And worldwide, no one else could access it. So there was a lot of problems back and forth. And I know the creators were a little bit bummed about it. And there were several times I remember they came out on their Facebook page and like, we're really sorry, we're trying to work, work something out. But it kind of died there, like the, a little bit of the franchise, because there were plans to create, I think, World Warriors and there were talks of Scott Atkins' guile, which I think would have been like <laughs> a, a fantastic casting. And it just kind of disappeared. And it was super interesting, actually, because the other day I was watching, you know, Scott Atkins podcast as well. And Joey Ansel, the creator of, you know, Assassin's Fist and Resurrection, was actually on the show. And he spoke about how there were plans for a Street Fighter TV series. It actually signed with, like, you know, um, a major network in the U.S. They're busy working things out. And, you know, he had plans. He'd, like, already started, you know, putting together a story. They were, like, deep into production already and basically just got pulled. You know, it was one of those, like, you know, it was one of those casualties, as we know, sometimes in Hollywood, you know, the projects start and they just disappear and they die. And that's exactly what happened because we could have actually had a Street Fighter TV series right now, like probably on like, you know, it would be one of the major, major networks could have probably been on, on, on Netflix by now, even HBO Max. We don't know, like it was possible. So it's. I'm a little bit sad, but at the same time, I'm happy that I did get to experience Assassin's Fist because I thought it was really, really good. But the question I have for you, Greg, obviously, since you haven't watched uh, Assassin's Fist, how down would you be with a brand new Street Fighter movie?
1: Of, of course I would want to watch that. Uh, I grew up with this franchise as well. I, I, I spent a lot of time <laughs> playing Street Fighter 2. Um, so yeah, any opportunity to breathe new life into these franchises and you know remind me uh, why these things brought me so much joy, I'm totally down for that. And I can't help but wonder if the success of Mortal Kombat is really revitalizing some talks about uh, Street Fighter outside of video
0: games. Absolutely. I have no doubts about it. I mean, we know that these sort of franchises, they kind of wait for for like the the competitors to do something to like test the waters and you know basically take the risk for them and then if yeah. it's successful then you know, okay let's go ahead with something else because naturally I think you know Street Fighter is like they've been a little bit upset you know and a little bit worried about after the, the Chun-Li movie that we had that was like really terrible um, the, the one that just like had nothing to do with Street Fighter and that was like ages back already so I think they've been waiting and you know you know biding their time and and probably now with the success of Mortal Kombat I wouldn't be surprised to see a Street Fighter project getting green lights in the next i say months, we could see something popping up, you know, probably in variety of deadline. Oh, brand new Street Fighter movie moving ahead. And I would also be surprised if Tekken takes another stab at it because Tekken has also had, you know, a few live action movies. But the thing with Tekken was that the movies weren't really released in theaters. A lot of the stuff was straight to DVD. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. The first Tekken movie, I'm still a fan. Like, I, I, I dig it. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's absolutely got no storyline, but
1: I love it. <laughs> okay. Has Killer Instinct, since we're talking about classic fighting games, has that ever appeared outside of the video games? I'm trying to remember I think if that there, property ever did. I think there, were, there was a comic book line,
0: if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I think there were toys as well. I think so. I could be wrong, but I know Killer Instinct, the, nothing has ever like really happened with it, which is a shame because I remember when Killer Instinct was released as well, there's a lot of hype around it. It was like that, um, remember the Dinosaur Fighter as well, Primal? Primal, uh, wasn't that called like,
1: oh, it's just Primal, I thought it was Primal Rage for some reason. I think it is, I think you're right. You're probably right.
0: It is Primal Rage. Yeah, you are correct. It is Primal Rage. Uh, I just always used to see Primal everywhere. So that's why I've been calling it Primal for all these years. But then there's that new TV show on HBO Max as well called uh, Primal. So that's probably why I'm calling it Primal now. But yeah, Primal Rage, it was also like, you know, it it was with all those dinosaurs. It It was pretty cool. And I found that it was there was also franchise a lot of potential and i've heard like stories that you know it was actually absorbed by midway i think if i'm not mistaken the the studio that did it so that they could take away like the compete uh, like the competitions for mortal kombat which is you know it's obviously one of those stories that you can go down the rabbit hole for like ages and, and i'm sure there's a little bit of conspiracy theories taking place there as well but yeah i always like you know put that in the same sort of category as a like, killer instinct there were these arcade classics that you'd play them and you'd be like transported as a kid you'd be like oh man this is awesome and you know? And, and all the characters like it was be these bright and colorful characters and they all had these weird powers and you just get sucked into it and I always found it I, I would always associate Tekken like closer to them whereas Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter it was more about you know dare I say human fighters because I mean we have got you know something like Reptile or Baraka are they really human you know can we really consider that so but i always consider those two like closer to each other whilst you know primal rage killer instinct and even tekken because tekken had like you know a lot of also weirdest sort of characters as well like some robots as well going on and and i always Mm -hmm. considered those ones in that category and i always found it weird how it just never managed to you know, challenge the likes of Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. I know at a certain stage Tekken, when it was on PlayStation, um, I think it was Tekken 3, if I'm not mistaken, it was selling really well and it was like, you know, taking over. But that was a stage where uh, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat had taken a bit of a backseat. You know, they're kind of, you know, like, you know, regrouped a little bit and decided what they're going to do with the next couple of efforts. And then suddenly Tekken 3 popped up. But it would be really cool to see a lot more of these fighters just come out of the woodwork. Even King of Fighters. I mean, King of Fighters is welcome. And dead or alive, I mean, if we're going to get like really deep into these like fighting games,
1: (laughs) Dead or Alive had a really uh, fun combat system. I think it was Dead or Alive 4, which was on the Xbox. I remember that had a good counter system and everything. But but yeah, there there are so many uh, great franchises out there. But at the end of the day, uh, for me growing up, I, I, I was born in '85, so I started really playing video games. Uh, late 80s early 90s and then of course all throughout the 90s it was really all about Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter for me when it came to fighters
0: yep Um, same for me I know that those two franchises they're still right there at the top as I said uh, Mortal Kombat always in first place so feel free to disagree with me but um, that's that's fine and now on to the next one that we're going to be discussing now we're cheating here a little bit because we're talking about things you know like TV shows and films to watch but I strongly believe, you know, we can't exclude this. It's, it's, it's a comic book. It's a comic book by Valiant as well. So, you know, as Mick Foley would be cheap lug, you know, like always <laughs> that. And um, But the thing is, Ninjak. We need to talk about Ninjak here because Ninjak is a martial artist and... I strongly see Ninja Like this, this is one of those comics that I've been waiting for years. And I know I went on like I went on this big campaign on, on Twitter, and I think I even wrote an article for Fortress about Scott Atkins as Ninja. I wanted like I want this to happen. And you mentioned Joe Taslim, Maslow would be somebody really cool. I'm also fit. There's tons of martial artists. I mean, we can we could like go on for ages, but I mean, we're not yet talking about a movie because, you know, that's hypothetical speak. But Tell us why we should be excited about Ninja, and especially which runs you would recommend for somebody, especially if they dig Mortal Kombat.
1: Happy to. Um, and look, full disclosure, I do work for Valiant, but even if I was... Uh, you know, let's say you invited me on when I was press, I would still be promoting Ninjak, and I have uh, plenty of articles and reviews to back that up. I absolutely love the character. Uh, when it comes to the modern take on the character, I would recommend starting with I believe it's Exo War Volume oh, I, I, I I'm embarrassed that I forget if it's Volume 2 or Volume 3, but it's called Enter Ninjak. So Exo Manowar is really a, a sci-fi book, but it introduces Ninjak as a Mercenary who is working for MI6 um, to take on essentially one of the most powerful heroes in the Valiant Universe. And I thought it was a great introduction. Yes, it's one of those hero versus hero before they inevitably team up to defeat the common foe kind of storylines, but it is incredibly well executed. And I think the introduction of Ninjak, as well as his fight scenes in that story, are incredibly memorable. I, I absolutely love that storyline. I would also recommend his two modern runs, which is uh, the ninjack run. Uh, I believe that launched in 2014. I'm not 100 sure, but it was written by Matt Kint. He is uh, he, some people here may know him as the co-writer of the Do Berserker comic with Keanu Reeves. Yes, uh, he's also done a ton of other great work in the industry, uh, but that's just the most recent and biggest example, of course. And that really. I I guess if you're unfamiliar with Ninjak, the most simplistic way I could describe him is James Bond, but a ninja and totally cool with killing his enemies. (laughs) Yeah, pretty Uh, much. Plus, there are some, it does kind of tiptoe into supernatural elements just a little bit. Uh, it's not a supernatural book, but through his training, he, uh, he is definitely, uh, capable of things that your ordinary human cannot do. Uh, and I just, I truly believe he is, uh, one of the coolest and most badass characters in the universe, and I firmly believe he could have the potential to win the Mortal Kombat tournament if he went into it.
0: I completely agree. And I mean, I'm checking out the news here and um, there is a relaunch on the horizon. I see it's already solic- solicitation has basically come out already. And I mean, I'm not going to spoil like things that people don't want to know. But I mean, you, uh, there has been news of a new series. Correct, Greg?
1: Yes, that's correct. We, we did announce it during the pandemic. Uh, that will be arriving July 2021. The new series is written by Jeff Parker, and it features Art and Colors by Javier Pulido. Uh People may, may know him from, uh, I think, Robin Year One, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, and some other stuff. And Jeff Parker has uh, worked on Thunderbolts, James Bond, Aquaman, a bunch of other properties. Uh, so that will be arriving in July. But in the meantime, if you do want to read ninjack, the Ninjack ongoing series I recommend all of it. Um, and I'm not saying that because I work for Valiant. I'm saying that as a comic book fan. I recommend the whole thing. And then there was also the Ninja K series. Yes, I yeah. love it. I love it series. I really do. I, I, I was yeah. quite late
0: to it as well. And um, I think it was actually around the time of the pandemic when Valiant was releasing a, a lot of like free comics. I remember that. That was really good. I was going to plug
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to plug that. Um, yeah. So when the pandemic hit, um, obviously... You know, that that took a toll on everyone uh, across the entire planet. Uh, And everyone had to find different ways to cope and deal with the stress and the emotional uh, aspect of everything that was going on. And one thing that we thought we could do with Valiant is offer people just a little bit of escapism so every week we were doing like a valiant character of the week where we would encourage people to pick their favorite character from a list um and then the whole week we'd celebrate the character and every day we would offer free pdfs um giving people the opportunity to read about the character whether it was a number one issue a jumping on point for a new story arc or even a whole trade paperback um we released a ton of free pdfs so if you do actually want to read ninja cave Volume one just reach out to me. I will send you the PDF of it. And I am confident that that storyline will sell you on the character and you will want to read more of it because um, that is just a phenomenal opening story arc in Ninja K.
0: It's fantastic. I, I remember reading that and I, and I breezed through that like in, in, in one sitting I was, I was sitting there on my couch, like well, I think it was one Sunday afternoon. I was like, Oh, you know, let's read some comics. You know, and I, I, normally the way I do it is like, I read a little bit. I read, a, you know, about a quarter of the way through you know take a nap you know as you know, as you normally do on a Sunday you know get some lunch <laughs> and then come back and maybe read a bit I, I just could not put it down I was just like I, I have to get to the end of this it was fantastic I just think it had intrigue it had mystery it had action it had yeah. absolutely everything and yeah I mean I completely recommend Ninja Act as well and Ninja K especially that for me is like one of my favorite runs but now moving on Greg you know to the final one is there another like show or movie that you'd like to recommend before I recommend my final one
1: so if someone really enjoyed Mortal Kombat um, obviously they've watched the 1995 movie Uh, they've probably watched the web series Legacy Uh, but I don't know if they've watched the recent animated movie called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge
0: yes that's Uh, a good plug
1: that is actually yeah it's I think for people who didn't like that this new movie subverted their expectations it was kind of a prequel to the tournament Um, I think this may be up their alley, because it's a very familiar storyline. It's Raiden gathering the team, going into the tournament, watching the key characters fight in the tournament and conflict. Um, You have Liu Kang's uh, Scorpion, of course, in the title, is one of the main characters. You have Raiden. You have uh, Johnny Cage, who is very uh, humorously brought to life by Joel McHale. Amazing. Uh, Amazing costume. Yeah, you have Sonya, you have Quan Chi, you have Kano, uh, you have Goro in it with a uh, pretty great fight scene. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a highly entertaining movie. Um, it, it's just going to breeze by. Uh, the storyline, you you know where it's all going, but it's just done very well and it's a very good time. And I believe it's actually on HBO Max now. So if you do have HBO Max, check out Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge.
0: No, I completely agree with you, Greg. It's it's fantastic. I remember it came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So it was last year or it was the year before? I think mm-hmm. last year. And I remember watching this and I was thinking to myself, man, this is like really, really good. It's re- it's really decent. And I know there's like whole thing, especially amongst fans, that always say DC releases like the best animated films. And... I must say, you know, like this obviously Warner Brothers is behind DC and Mortal Kombat franchise and it really did a great job. So if you like your DC movies, you know, your um Batman Assault on Arkham, that sort of stuff, you need to check out this this Mortal Kombat movie, Scorpion's Revenge. It's fantastic and I remember watching and even thinking Joel McHale as like Johnny Cage. It was a fantastic cast. And he embodied the character. I think the whole voice cast, they're, they're really good. And I, I think they brought back uh, uh, Kevin Richardson as well as Goro, the voice of Goro, since the 95 movie, I'm not mistaken, which was great <laughs> yeah. as well, the voice of Goro. You're like, oh, man, I just completely <laughs> hear his voice every time I see Goro.
1: Yeah, and I think um, Jennifer Carpenter with Sonya. Yes,
0: you're correct, yeah. Jennifer Carpenter. And I mean, so it was a really great and well-cast movie and it's definitely worth watching. Um, if you are looking for the tournament element, it definitely is a lot more like that. Um, but yeah, now on to my final, final, final pick. Because uh we could be here all day talking about this stuff because there's just so much to talk about. <laughs> but for me, if you enjoyed Mortal Kombat. I think you need to check out the Netflix series Wu Assassins which I mean we've spoken about the raid before and the night comes for us eco from there and also it's got Lewis who was obviously a Cole Young in Mortal Kombat and I really enjoyed Wu Assassins because it kind of actually did feel a little bit like a Mortal Kombat sort of movie well series because you know it's just you know, you're know discovering new powers there's a lot of martial arts there's this deep rich lore inside of it and I was like thinking to myself you know this actually is a lot like Mortal Kombat like even when I was watching it and I'm quite sad that there's not going to be a second season of it but they are releasing uh, a movie which I think is going to tie things up at the end which you know it's better than nothing but yeah I really loved Wii Assassins I think it's it's a really cool really interesting series Um, it came out of nowhere really because I just suddenly saw one day on Netflix I was like whoa this is really cool I haven't seen enough press for it didn't see anything but I know a lot of people watched it they were kind of impressed I mean the action scenes were really great the storyline was, was was engaging and it kept you captivated so yeah for me I really dug that Greg don't know, have you checked it out at all?
1: I remember watching the first episode when it originally uh hit I believe it was Netflix you said right yeah and I did enjoy it but then for some reason I just I, I don't recall why I never continued it wasn't due to a lack of interest there must have been other variables through work and needing to you know consume other forms of entertainment because i was pressed back then uh but i do recall enjoying it and you know if i have time it definitely sounds like i should be motivated to uh you know go back rewatch the first episode and continue from there
0: no, definitely. I mean I think also that's that's a bit of the danger of our current way of consuming entertainment, especially with the likes mm-hmm. of HBO Max and Netflix. Like they drop a brand new series, a great series, all in one day. And you know, you catch one episode of it and then like the next week something incredible drops as well. And eventually, like week after week you know you, everything just starts piling up and the show that you really were enjoying watching the first time is kind of forced to the wayside because you can't keep up with all these great releases out there
1: yeah um speaking of which uh, i'm actually gonna plug another comic a non-valiant comic because i read it before we started recording it's tuesday and dc's new comics drop on tuesday i am a Damian wayne fan i'm sure that means some people immediately uh are judging me and that that's totally cool you're gonna Each talk about robin favorite?
0: you're talking about the brand new robin series right
1: Yeah, I I read it before we started recording. Uh, The first issue dropped today, and uh, it it involves the the League of Lazarus, but Robin is entering a fighting tournament where he needs a token to take a, and then he goes on a boat to an island where he's now in a fighting tournament. I thought the same. I thought the same. I know exactly where this is going, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And and I'm sure that's totally intentional. Like, I'm sure Joshua Williamson loves Mortal Kombat, Um, but I've enjoyed the way he's written Damien Wayne in the past. I like the character. I like the art, uh, the art on this book, and I, I thought it was a pretty strong opening. There, there's a good fight scene with a uh, King Snake, uh, Bane's father. Um, and I'm curious to see where it goes with this tournament and involving uh, some of the best fighters in the DC universe. So, so that that has some potential there.
0: Oh, look, that that is actually a plug that I completely forgot about, but it's a it's a great one. I mean, I remember reading Robin, like um, also was i think it was about a week or two ago as well with uh, dc's uh press like the the droppers like the the review copies and i remember reading it and i was actually thinking that it reminded me a lot of mortal kombat and it completely slipped my mind because it is a fantastic issue and i actually am super excited to see where it goes especially after that you know the cliffhanger right at the end you, you know you kind of what what fatality. just happened yeah exactly we're just gonna put it there fatality <laughs> it, it literally is and it's it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like you know not not for spoilers, but Kano's Fatality, you know, against Reptile. It reminded <laughs> me, that. I was like, what? What is going on here? So, like, yeah, I'm super psyched for it. And it's, it really is a great book. I think it's something new and fresh that came out of it. And as you say, you know, Damien Wayne always gets a bit of a bad rap, you know, uh, in the comic circles. But I think this comic has done really well because it, it kind of captures, like, what what you like about him. You know, it's an overconfident, you know, a little fighter, you know. But the way that he, he speaks, I think as he's grown, it, it, there's, there's something like adorable about him you know it's kind of like uh, Mm -hmm. as i I say this as owning like two two chihuahuas you know when they sit there barking at like you know this bigger bird that they can take them away and fly away with them up in the air and there's this little this little dog that sits there barking away at at this bird and you kind of sit there smiling and think look at the courage and that's the same way i feel about damon whenever he gets into a fight in somebody that is obviously going to wipe the floor with him so i see him as a little (laughs) chihuahua there's an adorable quality to him (laughs)
1: yeah and i know grant morrison obviously uh introduced uh, you know this version of the character uh, obviously technically made a first appearance as a baby a long time ago but grant morrison introduced the character and his personality but i think uh it's peter tomasi and patrick Gleason's work in batman robin Yes. That really, really won me over because it, it really played on the father-son dynamic between Damian and Bruce. And I thought their journey together, uh, I, I, I thought that was uh, just some really, really great storytelling. Uh, so if you do want to uh, look for more Damian Wayne comics, I guess, obviously Grant Morrison works. Uh, Grant Morrison's work, they they did some great work on Batman, but then uh, also uh, Tomasi and Gleason on Batman and Robin.
0: Great, awesome! Thank you so much, Greg, for joining me today. It's been uh, it's been a blast. I mean, actually, just discussing all this cool stuff has got me hyped to go and go watch these shows again. To be honest with you, and all these movies again, I think I'm going to go watch the Night Comes for Us like right now.
1: It's definitely been a very good friendship. So, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been so, so great and I just can't wait. And I'm probably going to go watch Mortal Kombat again. I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to be sitting <laughs> there moaning about how it didn't win Best Actor, Best Picture. Like, I'm just going to be complaining <laughs> about it the whole time because I'm like, it was robbed at the Academy Awards. But... In all seriousness, thank you so much, man. I can't wait to have you on the show again. To everybody else listening, thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And yeah, let us know what are the topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Until next time, cheers.